The Torah content for this week has been sponsored by Judah and Naomi Dardik in honor of Rabbi Moskowitz's second yard site and in appreciation for all those whose love of Torah and excitement for ideas shines in their teaching. Okay, so take three. <laughs> um, review of what we did yesterday. We defined, we, as you can see here, we got a final tentative definition of Rukhilis, selectively reporting about other people in a manner prone to harm. So the key here is it's selectively reporting. So you're doing it either in order to impose some narrative or you're allowing for the imposition of some narrative. Uh, but that alone would not be prone, would not be usher. It has to be prone to harm somehow. So like, um, you know, if I just said that, like, you know, um, uh, so-and-so lived in Seattle once, that's not, you know, unless Seattle's like a immoral place, you know, that's not really, uh, uh, like prone to harm. Uh, that's just reporting facts. But if, it, if, if the, the character of the content is prone to harm, either because your omission of certain details will cause people to make assumptions or, or you're presenting things in an order with, or with connotations that are like sketchy, then that would be an example of this. Um, yeah, Joseph. Let's say the voice of connotation or it's to some people to see this itself either inherently insulting, inherently complimentary, correct your moral orthodox. Um, you mean if the people take it as inherently, uh, yeah, like, it's a statement itself. It's not like it cause people to say bad things about them, like his supporters they don't know about. It's just they're going to say things which his detractors will say they're bad things, supporters say are good things, but they're saying the same thing. Right. So that's a tricky situation because in some cases it might be Rachilus. Uh, in some cases it might be Lashon Hara if it's taken as a degrading comment, or if in some cases it might be Avak Lashon Hara, which means that it prompts the detractors to say bad things, you know? Right. Yeah. What the things they're saying are things which say maybe people would not, doesn't his support is not going to consider bad things. Yeah, it's t- it's tough. I, that I don't know the, the answer to. I will give two two uh, examples though. Uh, one not not recording. Okay, so that's Rafilos Lashonhar is degrading speech, and then Moshe Shemra is false degrading speech. I had one thought before we go on, which is the thing that we read in the Ramam from Chazal that says, uh, "Oh, it's a Mishnah." Lo nechtam gazar din al abosina b'midbar ella al lashonhara. So the verdict was only sealed on our uh, forefathers in the midbar because of lashonhara klomar inyan hamaraglim. That's talking about the maraglim. Shamar behem viotu dibas arts because the pasuk said that they slandered the land. Vamru alei mashalom. Chazal say uma elu shotziu shemra al eitzim val havani bilvad nischayvu min haonish mash nischayvu if the uh, if those who slandered sticks and stones alone were liable for punishment uh, of this severe manner, then Kavachomer is someone who speaks degradingly about his friend. So the question is, what kind of a Kavachomer is that? It always is weird. Like, first of all, it's weird to say that they slandered the land, you know? Um, and just because you slandered the land, that's a com- that could be a completely different thing than then like in order for there to be a kavachomer, kavachomer is when you have two things that share a quality, but they differ in degree or quantity. And you say, if it's true about the lesser thing, then it's true about the greater thing. So like, what is even the comparison here about the, uh, the they slandered the land and got punished, kavachomer speaking about your friends. Yeah. Wait, when they even say that? Right. The land is good, but the people are big and intimidating, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Correct. Yeah, that's that is funny. I mean, it does sound like a, if a general statement is a problem, then like a personal statement. Is a problem. But how does I guess 
already connected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems too remote to, to really fit. I mean, and you, you, another angle is if they if, if it framed their statement as slandering God, then I could understand it because God tells them that or Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, saying that they're going to be able to go in and uh, uh, and you know defeat their enemies, but then I can see the call of Homer. A good example of a Kavah Homer, by the way, is what the Ram did say earlier, which we read last week about Miriam. Miriam, you know, uh, loved Moshe and was his older sister and like cared for him and and just made a mistake, you know, that ended up being degrading. But like, you know, she didn't even intend anything maliciously. Kavah Homer, if you do it degradingly, but this is too removed for me. What do you say, Yosef? Yeah, let me see. Uh, Debus. I'm just going to deboss hearts. Yeah, I feel like we're going to go into the whole subject of the Moroccan, but that's okay because it's peculiar. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, 33, uh, sorry, 1332. Um, yeah, in fact, you know what? Just in, uh, yeah, I do have my snuff there. I'm just going to read it in English just as a for the sake of time. Um, 1332. I did not intend to work on this today, but it's important getting a head start on Tishvav. Uh, so where does it begin? Uh, spies report. Yeah, so 27 is where it looks like their report begins. So it says, they reported to him uh, and said, we arrived at the land to which you sent us. 27. We arrived at the land to which you sent us, and it, indeed it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So that part's good. But the people that dwells in the land is powerful. The cities are very greatly fortified. And we also saw here, there are the offspring of the giant. Amalek dwells in the area of the south. The Hittite, the Jebusite, and the Amorite dwell in the, uh, on the mountain. And the Canaanite dwells by the sea and on the bank of the Jordan. So that's what they said. Caliph silenced the people towards Moses and said, we shall surely ascend and conquer for we can surely do it. Uh, but the men who had ascended said with him, we cannot ascend to that people for it is too strong for us. They brought forth to the children of Israel an evil report on the land that they'd spied out, saying, the land through which we have passed to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. Okay, so they did say about the land. It's a land that devours its inhabitants. All the people that we saw in it are huge. There we saw the Nephilim, the sons of the giant from among the Nephilim. We were like grasshoppers in our eyes, and so we were in their eyes. So let me see if they have, um, if anyone says, uh, let me just see, Rashi in the Tortumima. Uh, no, Rashi doesn't say anything on that Pasuk. And then Tortamima, I want to see if the Tortamima brings down this Rasha. Uh, no. Okay, fine. So it, it is about the land. Still a strange call of Homer. It's the land of Arizona, so. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it is, it's an insult because it's saying that the land is like, is uh, dangerous, right? Or the land is like um, uh, hazardous for our well-being yeah right it is weird because like from context they're clearly talking about the people of the land it's not really about the land itself you know right right yeah all right so let's think about that uh and let's read let's read what we were going to do today which we also read yesterday but we did not think about so there are three averos that a person is punished for in this world it's not really three averos it's really three categories of avera because there's 51 isurim of avodazara and like 20 something 30 something of gilei rayos and then shvichos damim but whatever um uh, actually, sorry, 23 Gilead okay, whatever. Shvichos, okay, and Lushnar is equal to all of them. So the question is, what does that statement say? You know, so the, 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 the superficial way to read it is it's really bad. 
And these things are really bad, you know? But the way that Rabbi Moskowitz uh, approached it, uh, which I, I don't remember his specific ideas, but we could work it out, is that there is a, like, if you look at each of these three things, there is something that is um, a, a very bad quality of Avodah Zarah, which Lushnar partakes of. And there's a very bad quality of Gilead Ras Lushnar partakes of, and then Shvifel's Damim. So, like, there's a similarity between the two, and that's why it's in Tipo to all of them. Not just that, like, on the Avera scale, it's really big. So, what would be the similarity, uh, uh, the, the quality of Avodah Zarah that Lushnar partakes of? I think, I, for some reason, I think that's the easiest, well, maybe that's not the easiest one. Yeah, I guess well, well, you, for any of them, what do we I think for any of them? I assume we're thinking for both of our falsehood for Shiva uh, Sloan that kills and the rest that could probably also lead to that too. Okay, uh, so I, I think that's that's uh, it's a good track. I mean, the way I like to phrase the Abodazara one is I don't remember which shear, uh, but it was a shear that I heard live that Rebbe defined Abodazara. So he was trying to find like the difference between like halakhic avodazara, which has specific forms, and like the shorish of avodazara, or like the philosophical avodazara. So he defined philosophical avodazara as relating to the products of your psyche as a reality. You know, so let's say like in actual avodazara, the way that works is you have let's say like a certain let's say you're a farmer and you have a certain insecurity about whether you're going to have enough produce, and so you have this fear, and then you you know that you can't control the rain, so you project like these exaggerated fantasies of power onto this idol or onto this God. And then you worship the God and believe that if you appease him. So it's this whole, like you're interacting with a figment of your imagination, but you're convinced that it's real, you know? So with Lush and Hara also, when you speak degradingly about a person, what you're doing is you're taking a, a, an actual quality that they have, but then you're, you're, you're treating that as the essence of the entire person. You know, you're, you're painting that to be the entire person and you're interacting with it as though it's a reality, you know, like, Oh, this person is so stupid. This person is so like, like mean, this person is so arrogant. And so you, it, it partakes of that same like action, uh, psych- psychological action of a Zara. Creating, Creating false reality. Right. And then, and then interacting with it. You see, it's one thing to just have the false reality, but it's the interacting with it and the, the doing so in a way that actually has results in the world. Like you're actually like producing, you know, by saying this about the person, you're changing the way that this person is viewed in, in people's eyes. You know, she goes dumb in, what did you say it was? The killing them? Yeah. Yeah. So that is going to be taken care of, I guess, in this last statement about Lushnar kills three. Yeah. The harmfulness, I think, is, is going to be the quality. So the Gila Rouse is the hard one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, Reason we really don't think Gilead Rios necessarily. No, right. It's not quite what yeah, correct. Yeah, and you got to remember, I, I'm, I'm heavily involved in the Gilead Rios sugya uh, this week. So basically, there are Ram says there are 23 Gilead Rios. 16 of them are all forms of what we would call incest. Some of them are like blood relative incest. Some of it is like say sleeping like with your son's wife. You know, um, those are the ones in the portion. Yeah, these. Are, so yeah, the definition of Gilead is. Uh, the sexual prohibitions that are high of karis listed in Aharimos. That's how the Ramah defines it. So there are sexual prohibitions that are not Gileorayos. Let's say like sleeping with a non-Jew. That's Usr, but it's not Gileorayos because it's not high of karis. So, uh, so there's the 16, which are incest. There's two of them that are bestiality. Um, that's sleep, uh, uh, a male sleeping with a animal or a woman bringing the animal on herself. Three of them, according to the Ramah, are homosexual relations. There's male and male sodomy. And then there's a separate low sauce of sleeping with your father and a separate low sauce of sleeping with your uncle, your paternal uncle. Uh, a lot of people don't, don't realize that. Then there's adultery. 
And then there is um, Nida. So those are the 23. Yeah. The strong inherent temptation? I think it's going to be connected to that. I think it's going to be where you are like giving into an unrestrained desire to, um, to, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to use this in a way that's going to make it sound more extreme than it actually is, but, but you are relating to another person as a source of your own pleasure, right? In other words, you're, it's an unrestrained giving into that, that pleasure interaction with the person, you know, um, uh, with, uh, with Gideon Arias and with Lush and Hara, you're doing that in a way where you are really relating to them as an object of your own pleasure, because you are, I don't think pleasure is necessarily the way to, 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 I don't want to limit it to pleasure because you could be doing it out of aggression also, but it's like an outletting of the, you're, you're, it's an outletting of this desire with this person as the object. Yeah. Is it a parent to Gilearios? No, it's also for Kashrus, but uh, but Kashrus is less severe than uh, than Gilearios. I, mean, I, I don't see like how that just the um, you're saying an objectification. I don't see why. How is Gilearios equal objectification? Well, it's not objectification. It's the fact that you're saying that this having this pleasurable interaction with this person is more important to me than the value of Kedusha, right? You're allowing, because all these are framed in terms of Kedusha, you know, uh, that if you observe these things, then you're being Kadosh. And if you violate these things, then you're you're being uh, um, Tame, not like halakhically Tame. So you're allowing this animalistic drive for pleasure to override a Tzalem orientation uh, that is based on like, you know, categories of who this person is or higher values, whatever you want to say Kedusha is, you know, you're engaging this as an animal, not as a person. There's one that applies that like, same most Lotasas. Yeah, but not all of them are as bad as Arayos. Arayos is high of Karis, you know. Um, you're saying that, right, you're basically ignoring things for your own benefit. Right. Yeah, I see. I, I do want to say that this that there is a thing in here that it's another person. You know, I, I think that there, there's something about the fact that there's another person. I maybe I have to think about that some more. No, because then I, I think that then you could fall into Yosef's trap of the... Um, of like many other things that are high of cars also, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got to think about it. Yeah. All right. So let's stop here for today. And tomorrow. So we'll think about this. We got to think about the Moroccan thing. And then tomorrow's statement is figuring out how someone who speaks Lush and Hara is a co-fair, which um, actually, you know, maybe what we'll do is we'll save that. Uh, yes, it definitely does. Let's actually not work on this in Rama Bacchus with the co-fair thing. Let's save that because tomorrow night is Tehillim where we're doing that parak. So let's see what we get from that parak. And let's say tomorrow, um, after we do these two, we'll go to the Lushnar kills three people, the speaker, the recipient, and the one who had said about, and then the recipient of Lushnar more than the, the speaker. Okay, that'd be good. All right. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.